Welcome to the Try Catch podcast brought to you by EI2. On this episode, we talk about how we handle prod support issues, and this includes what we do well, some challenges, what we can do better, plus the benefit of post-mortem retros. Note that this was recorded quite a while back, but it is still very relevant, so it's worth a listen. Listen in. Today, we're talking about how we handled production support issues with a variety of roles in IT. And I'll go ahead and introduce myself first. I'm Natalie. I am a lead developer on an application development team. And I'll let someone else introduce themselves. I'm Sean Speck. Uh, I lead our systems team. I'm Andy Cook. I lead our database operations team. Craig Fergutti. I'm a software developer on Team Kinetic. Tracy Dittmer. I'm a business analyst on Team Kinetic. Awesome. So you can hear that we have people from different roles. And I was really excited about talking about prod support because of how well we work together when we have a production support issue. The way that we handle it at Farm Credit Service America is something that I'm proud of. And one of the things I just love is how we group together and have that group ownership over it. And these individuals are some key people that have been involved in that in the past. Do you guys have anything you wanna share on that and your thoughts? Do you think differently? No, I, you know, I think, uh, Natalie, the, the great thing about how we do things is that we have such a, a culture of teamwork across farm credit, you know, not just within the operations neighborhood, but with app developers and other teammates. You know, everybody really kind of leans into just helping each other, and, and we really foster that culture, and it's something I think we're very proud of here. Yeah, I definitely echo what, what Andy says. I mean, production support isn't, you know, always the most fun thing in the world, but our teammates don't back down from it. People are excited to be a part of the solution. And so whether we were in the office or now all working remotely, teammates really rally around the cause to help get our production systems back up and running. Right. I know on Team Kinetic, myself, Tracy and Craig, we are on an app dev team called Team Kinetic. And when we have production issues, it's like, hey, we have a prod issue. We rally the troops, however we need to get involved in it, and we swarm it, and then we can say, hey, we need we need a web admin. Hey, we need a, a database administrator, or we need someone from the systems team or the network team. It's all where we just get together. It's not where we're having to say, oh, that's not my problem. It's like, what can we do in order to resolve the issue, regardless of who owns it or on what side of the fence it is? And today's situation, before we used to always swarm on a mediascape, all of us physically. But now that it's COVID situation where all of us working remotely, we all get on Teams, we have a Zoom video call. How do you guys think that's working? I'd say it's been a little more challenging than the, the in-person situation. And so we've had to have some growth in that area. Just, you know, people are, are definitely willing to help out, but you feel a little bit more isolated as you're trying to get the right people into the Zoom meeting and then people maybe have a harder time stepping out of the Zoom meeting. So then all of a sudden you've got, you know, you've got 20 people on a Zoom call and it becomes a little bit more difficult to coordinate the troubleshooting effort. Right. I know I particularly like having video or voice involved because then I feel like we could be more aligned and in tune. But I do agree with that. Sometimes I say, well, if you guys don't need to be on the call, it's okay, you guys can go. 
It's always appreciated though too. Sometimes at the beginning of a problem, we may or may not know who we need, whether we need web or we need database. And so as we go through the product, knowing that we're maybe going to need somebody from each team or one from each, we'll, you know, everybody's always willing to jump in and come in for just a little bit until we maybe decide we don't need that person or whatever. And nobody's ever complained that we've brought them in and hopefully, but it's always a great help when we know when we have a time crunch that everybody just digs in. Absolutely. Again, it's having like all of those different roles that could make a difference in finding a solution. So we talked about remote versus not remote. What kind of stuff helps to make production support and handling issues easier or much more efficient? You know, from from my point of view, I think one of the things that's important is to remember that many times your operations team uh, might be getting hit from from different people for the same issue. It's very helpful if you can come with, you know, some of the tools that we have, if you can come with that information to the operations team, that really kind of helps us narrow down that issue. It also kind of lets us know that maybe we've got to pull in another team. What might start out as a database operations issue might actually be something that I've got to pull Sean's team in for systems or maybe network. With so many different systems across the floor, it can be really difficult to kind of narrow that down, right? To try and figure out exactly where your problem's coming from. So I think really just coming with any of that extra information you already have, tools that maybe we don't use on a daily basis that you're more familiar with, uh, if you bring that to us, I think that definitely helps quite a bit. I definitely agree with Andy. And I think as uh, application developers, and usually the production issues that I get hit with, it's my job to come up with information to guide the, the conversation. And as much information as I can get in the few minutes I have before the call, um, every little bit helps. Right. I know some of the things as an app dev that we really rely on is our logging that we have. And then when needed, New Relic is one that I know the operation side um, helps out a lot with. And I think besides that is just sharing our screen and showing what we're seeing. So there's that visibility. Another thing that I think really helps is having that business perspective. And Tracy has a great depth on that and understanding like the true impact. And when we need to, we pull in business owners as well. I do agree, Natalie. I think that a lot of times Tracy's able to uh, let us know exactly what the impact is, right? There are things that we don't know on the operation side and we can't, we can't necessarily keep track of all the different business lines and things like that with the number of systems we support. So having Tracy or other business owners there, maybe help us know who to contact, you know, or, or if we maybe need to send out a broader communication across the floor, things like that are, are really helpful to, to have that business owner online with us during that issue. I think that's really important too, and something we can continue to improve on is understanding the business impact of the issues. And I know being on an operations team, sometimes we get removed from that a little bit, right? We, we see maybe the impact at a system level and we help resolve that. And there's, there's times when maybe we're a little bit out of touch with the, the real impact that it had on our employees, our customers. So, so having that business perspective um, and understanding the impact, um, it, it helps us as we kind of look forward to how we would address those issues. That's a good point. Usually I try to say, hey, what's the priority? Um, is it pants on fire, urgency? What's the impact? And usually I try to share that with the whole team, but um, that makes me realize that sometimes some, some teammates might come like in the middle of a call or a little bit later, depending on the nature of it. And 
it's good to share that with those that come into it later. And I think too, as we have people join the call, if we have to bring people on, we do do like a little brief, hey, this is what happened. Hey, this is where we're at. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to kind of a touch base. So everybody's at least aware of the core situation and what the urgency is. Right. I also like how we all own it and we have our checks and balances. It's just not like one dev saying, oh, okay, let's reboot the server or, you know, operations, let's re- reboot it without checking. Hey, is it okay? Is it okay if we do this database update or is this the right way to approach it? Can we re-trigger yeah, that it, job, you know? <laughs> right. And I don't, I don't think it's possible, Natalie, right? It's just not possible for our group to understand everything that, that you guys do and, and, and know. And it's, we don't expect you to understand all the impacts on the back end stuff uh, that we have to do. So we really have no choice but to come together and, and work as teammates to kind of fix those issues as they come up. Right. What do you guys think how we handle prod support reflects on our culture? Why do you think it works well for us? I think it works well because we all respect each other. We all know that not a one of us gets this job done by ourselves, no matter what it is. And so it, it takes a group of people to make all of this happen and move the volume of transactions and things that particularly our team does. It's a huge coordination point. And I think Farm Credit really builds that culture of having that ability to make sure that you can go to whoever you want to. That I don't have anybody from Andy or Sean's team going, oh, she's just a BA. She doesn't know what she's talking about. That they really do listen to you when you talk to them and and explain the situation and it's really helpful that people do that. You know, Natalie, I think that we realize that we're all one team, right? At the end of the day, we're here to support the business. It's not about whose team does what, you know, whose fault it was. It's really just about serving our customers on a daily basis and being able to really meet the business goals on a daily basis that we have. You know, I think that when you really look at it that way, it really kind of helps us all be aligned on what our goal at the end of the day really is. You know, I think that that's really what kind of drives that culture of teamwork and collaboration on just about everything we do. Tracy, Andy, well said. I know before when we were talking about this too, one of the things that was mentioned is not resorting to defensiveness and not playing the blame game. (laughs) I think uh, realizing that nobody wants to be on a production support call is is primary in assuming good intent and not caring whose fault it is, but the everybody has the ultimate goal of how to get this done and there's so much trust between the teams and respect for everybody's knowledge that it's it's a huge community when we get together and we all have the same goal and just want the same things i dig it and those things mentioned are big reasons why I'm like, we need to talk about how we handle prod support. Anything else you guys want to add as far as how we do prod support? The biggest thing, and I think we'll talk a little bit about this more as well, is that we all know that and, and trust each other that we're, we're there to fix the problem. But we also know that people have that, that long-term vision in mind as well. They're not, gonna, they're not just going to drop off the call and be like, well, that was nice. We're not going to do anything to improve the process. I think everybody is is future looking and they or they hold themselves or their teams accountable for, for making improvements to the processes to try to avoid whatever production issue occurred in the past. Absolutely, that transitions very well to talking about how we handle production support retros. On Team Kinetic, anytime we have a prod support issue, we have a retro. 
and the Retro follows a structure. Main goals with the Retro is to share awareness and learning across the entire team, be able to support the issue if it recurs, and for future purposes, identify what we can improve on and decide on any action items, whether that is to improve the process or to prevent it. And our agenda, the way we structure it, is it starts out with just a recap of the production issue and what happened. It's more, we just talk objectively. Here's what happened, we share the learning. And then after that, we say, okay, what are our takeaways? What are the big ahas or learnings that we had because of this production issue that happened? And then we say, okay, next steps. What can we do to improve it or prevent it? Any new stories, any documentation for future support. And we make sure to include everybody that's on our team that needs to support it, as well as any that any teams that we collaborate with, like the web admins, the DBAs that were involved in it, or that are impacted by the issue as well. And I feel like that has gone really well for us, but I'll let you guys speak to it on your thoughts on how that's been going, those retros. I think they're really great because we we take the time to see everybody's angle from it. And even though, you know, it might be a code issue and we have an immediate item to fix, we walk through the steps and say, hey, is this something that we, how could we have prevented this? How could we make this better? How can we make this whole process better? And even though it might have been, you know, a code issue that caused it, we might have better steps around web or operations that enhance the reporting and enhance the warnings and different things like that. So we're always striving to make sure that we're not missing things, we're not missing transactions, we're not causing people to have things go wrong and not know about it. Yeah, I think adding those retros were a huge add to our team. You never want to have the same prod issue twice. And just the amount of learning you can have from that failure or from the issue itself and the cross-team collaboration of, well, web ops may think, hey, there's a better way of doing this or you know, there's a better way to monitor this. We have a tool that you may not know and just that again that collaboration of well how do we avoid this in the future it's huge yeah i'd I'd definitely say a huge benefit of having the retro is making sure there's accountability so i think i said earlier like people are accountable but it is very easy to to just move on to the next thing right we're we're all super busy sometimes a a production issue is never planned so all of a sudden it kind of throws everybody's day you know kind of into disarray and you get done with it and you kind of just want to take a deep breath and try to you know reset and get back to what you were working on so it's easy to forget about hey how do we improve this next time so having having a formalized retro process gives you that space to do that and then the other piece of that i think too is our issues usually are not just you know super clear cut there there's a lot of complexity in our systems and so Sometimes when we get that group together, it might be, hey, maybe it was a maybe it was an infrastructure issue or maybe it was a code issue, but each person brings a unique perspective for how you might address that. You know, here's how we might fix the infrastructure issue. Here's how we might alert on this better in the future, or, or here's how we might be able to recover from it quicker. And so I think bringing everybody together, like we, we get ideas about, whereas if we just had, you know, maybe one team looking at it maybe the solution isn't as comprehensive as when we get our entire group together and come up with a, with a solution. Yeah. And I think Sean, you, you kind of touched on it, but I think this also becomes much more important as our systems become more complex, right? We've got a lot of new stuff that we're bringing in house. 
We've got things in the cloud now. We've got a lot of data integrations. I think these kind of retros are, are much more important now to kind of see the different impacts. It's not just going to be one application anymore. And we're going to have data downstream that's affected. You know, a lot of other teams are going to be affected by these kind of production support issues. So I think these retros will become even more helpful in the future as we get that process down. And, and every team is doing that kind of thing when, when an issue comes up. It's really only going to help us, you know, support and, and fix these issues moving forward. Absolutely. And I know with our retros, we're, we're very deliberate about saying, okay, now that we've shared this learning, what happened, what we learned from it, what are our next steps and who's going to take those next steps? We're deliberate about it because I know it can be so easy to like, okay, yeah, we talked about it, move on. <laughs> and then having that follow up, okay, yeah, we did this story or yeah, that, that setup on the system was done or yeah, we need to have another follow up meeting on it. You know, that helps us be successful on that so we don't get called on it again, right? <laughs> or we don't have to interrupt our day for it. Natalie, I think you mentioned this, but a side effect of having those retros and having the entire team there is to cross-train. And hopefully that, say, if your subject matter expert is out that day, somebody else should be able to pick up where they left off and be able to handle the situation next time it occurs. Right, absolutely. And yes, and that was one of our goals of that sharing awareness and learning across the entire team. And we also were deliberate about having our notes, our retro notes that we can refer back to if we need to, and then any updated documentation that results from it. Anything else on the retros? I think one thing is just kind of an extension of of what we've been doing at some of the team's levels, and especially your team, is that you know not everybody is consistently doing these retros across the organization. And from the benefit we've seen from them, it's obvious, obvious that we'd like to do that. And so I've been on uh, the Solution Reliability Work Group, and we've been spending some time on the concept of retros or postmortems. And, you know, we're really just learning from a lot of the stuff that's out there on site reliability engineering, basically stealing stuff from Google and, and, and all their <laughs> all of their ideas. They have, just like we've seen value in the process, they have a formal process for, for postmortems and it does many of the things that, that we're already doing at, at the various team levels. And so, I'm hopeful that we're able to implement this type of consistent process across all of business technology so that we can apply it, get these shared benefits and gains across all the systems. And as I look at all the stuff that's in this document, the postmortem template that comes out of site reliability engineering, it really just highlights the things that we're doing really well today. And a key part of it you called out earlier is that it's blameless, right? When you're writing the root cause in there, it's not like, hey, Sean accidentally rebooted the server. Um, you know, it might say something like a server was inadvertently rebooted. And then, you know, my team can call me out later on that, uh, not in the document, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it focuses on issue, focuses on how did you find out about the issue? I, I really like this question it asks in here and it's like detection. Like, how did you know it was broken? Did Andy have to call and tell me it was broken? If so, I want to document that. And probably the next time I don't want Andy to tell me it's broken. I want to monitor or did a customer have to call in and tell us it was broken? That's not a very good feeling. So if, that, if that's how we found out about it, how do we want to improve that? What's our action item to improve, not only fix the problem, but improve detection if it, if it happens again. And so really I, I, this, this new format, I think will provide some standardization across a business technology for all of our teammates to follow and kind of get the same benefits that we're, that we're already seeing with the way that your team has implemented it. 
can you share more on like some of the questions or topics that are covered with that the Google way? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the stuff is pretty obvious. Problem summary. Hey, what, what exactly happened? What broke? Impact. Impact, it sounds pretty simple, but the cool thing is just like we're talking about having a member of the business there is crucial, right? So the impact, we might see it at the technical level, but what happened to our teammates, our customers? How was that, you know, when they were in AgriPoint, when they were in remote deposit capture, how did that you know, how did that actually impact that user and how many users were impacted? We capture the root cause in the document. How long did it happen? What was the duration? Was this, you know, was it a 10 minute outage or were people impacted for two days? And sometimes that gets lost in translation. Like mm-hmm. you might've asked me about an issue and I would've been like, oh yeah, we fixed that in four hours. But then I talk with Tracy and she's like, well, we were cleaning up data for the next day and a half on that. And so without Tracy's perspective, we would have had no idea. So there's situations where it's like the duration is not as clear cut as you would think. And I mentioned detection, resolution, but some of the other key things really comes down to like things we don't think about too. Like what was the team impact? Like, hey, when this problem happened, we know that, you know, a hundred customers couldn't process wires or couldn't deposit checks, but also it required, you know, 20 people to come together in business technology Mm -hmm. And they spent, you know, 20 hours combined working on the issue. So it talks about that team impact and, and, you know, what work was required that came out of it. And just looking at the document here, those are some of the key things. And then really the final most important thing, like you talked about is, right, in our current retro, there's action items that come out of the process. And, and that's the last part of this postmortem document is what are the action items? What's the priority? Who's the owner? And, you know, making sure that we take those items and get them on our team's boards to be worked. Yeah. It sounds like we do a good chunk of it. Uh, maybe not to the, to that nth degree, like as far as like team impact and duration were the ones that I heard that we didn't necessarily always do. Yeah. Yeah. When I look at this, I was like, well, we're really already doing this, right? It's just mm-hmm. not, not every team does it. And, and, and that goes for like, right from an operations team perspective, we weren't necessarily doing this when, when an issue happened that just impacted us. So if somebody else wasn't starting a, a you know, a retro or a postmortem, we weren't necessarily doing that in, in a formal way. And so we've been able to take this now. And when we've had, you know, maybe a server issue, we've been able to use this process and it really just gives you that template and anybody can run the process then, right? Even if they're not familiar with what a retro should include or what a postmortem should include, any teammate can, can kind of walk through and, and guide guide a team through through the process right something triggered in my brain like another thing that we do is as well as shares communication like what communication happened during the the prod issue or what communication who should be communicated if we missed anyone and then i know we also send our retro notes to all parties that we feel are relevant as a follow-up you know kind of along that communication piece you know we talked about things that work well or things that are challenging I know one thing that's challenging is in, in the heat of the moment while we're dealing with the issue is really making sure all of those parties are communicated to correctly. And it can be tough, especially if you're the, you know, the teammates that are troubleshooting it, right? You're trying to fix the problem while being IM'd or Zoomed or, or called or alerted by, you know, so you got, you have like multiple channels coming your way and it can be really crucial to identify a, a key point of contact who's going to handle 
those communications. And in the past, sometimes we've just informally done that, like, hey, I'll raise my hand and be like, hey, you guys focus on this. I'll I'll go talk with tech support, with tech engineering. And sometimes that was easier in the office because you would just get up from your desk or, you know, and you kind of yell across and be like, you know, hey, whatever <laughs> system's down. And they're like, yeah, we got it. We got a thousand calls. And it was a little easier. Now it's a little bit more challenging. You have to be very deliberate about it. I would say that tech engineering team has kind of stepped up to the plate and said that the tech support engineers essentially will will serve in that role to help coordinate and make sure all communication is done correctly. And so that's been something that awareness has been raised around recently. So when we have a, a prod support issue that you can engage a tech support engineer and they'll serve as that point of contact and make sure that those communications go out there. How do you think we can be better about it? Because sometimes it's knowing who all needs to be involved, right? Because sometimes you don't realize it's like, oh, it's much more company-wide or, hey, you think about this department and that department, but like, oh, you forgot they use that too. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's really the the company-wide communication is is probably where we could improve. Um, You know, letting some of the other business lines know is helpful. I think within IT, we do a really good job of alerting other IT teams of that. But if there's room for improvement, I would say it's probably that business line and wider group of communication we could do a little bit better job on for sure. I know we rely on Tracy a lot for as a spokesperson to our business and saying the business lingo of communicating what's going on. I think so too. It's not that you're, I don't want to ever think that anybody's completely relying on me for business knowledge because that's (laughs) probably not the best thing. Um, But it's a point that we know whether it's a, a a true business question. Do, do we need the business to make a decision for us if if X, Y, and Z aren't in line with where they need to be that we always involve them at that moment? I mean, we understand certain things. You know, if we have a file that doesn't go out the door, we have this piece that doesn't go out the door, we know that those need to go out the door. But let's say that there is an incident and something happens. There's a bigger decision to be made on how we handle that. We always involve the business on it. They might not be there for some of the smaller prod things, on at least on the kinetic side, but we always do involve them because we would never change a business process or alter a business process without a business, a true business owner there. Yeah. And we try to be deliberate about being proactive about knowing when there's an error, like through our alerting and including the right people, both from a tech and a business side so that they're in the know. One thing I like too, is that a lot of our warnings include our business owners. And even though our business owners may or may not know what that warning means or what that warning is, since our teams are so much smaller than they used to be, it's really hard to make sure that there's always somebody there that's monitoring that, you know, 24-7 during the day. So it helps, too, to have that extra support of the business to say, hey, something looks wrong or, hey, this warning came out. What is it? And then they help us along in that, too, knowing, you know, which obviously has a bigger urgency and, and, hey, this looks like it's not right. Can somebody help us? Great. What other areas do we feel like? we could do better. It's easy to fail. It's hard sometimes to make sure you learn from that failure. So it's just, you know, making sure we're consistent in that, in that process after we, you know, Craig mentioned, you don't, you don't want to have the same, same problem bite you twice. So it's trying, trying to learn from that. I, I also think sometimes we, we push things out pretty quickly. We push solutions out fast and, and we learn from our failures um, and and I feel like I truly feel there's some things you're not going to learn how a system fails until 
it's really in production for a while, but <laughs> there's probably there's probably some stuff we can do more upfront around standardized mon monitoring and alerting, and maybe more proactive alerting and monitoring that might help us deal with some of the some of the issues. And but it's hard, and that's probably why we haven't done as much of it. But I, I think it's an area where we can where we can grow. We can utilize some of those monitoring tools that we have in a more proactive way. Hopefully, not waiting until a system goes kaboom to to fix them. You know, I think that that one thing is that when you get into a production support issue, your initial reaction can be, let's really make some changes quick and, and think we can get it back up and going. When in truth, you probably need to take a step back, make sure you've really identified the, the right problem and made sure that the steps you're going to take to fix the issue are, are really what you what you should be doing. So a lot of times, a lot of people will just say, well, we just need to reboot that server. Well, that may fix it, but that may not really be the right thing to do in the moment. Um, you've really got to be able to gather as a group, take the few extra minutes to really think through the issue and understand the full impact and not just the immediate, let me fix this and move on, you know, which I think we all, in reality, we all do when a production issue happens, you know, so don't be afraid to take a few extra minutes gather everyone together and really make sure that you're on the same page on what you think the issue is and how you plan to take care of it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the gut instinct is to reboot the server, but that's sometimes uh, a lot of times it's like taking a sledgehammer to it uh, <laughs> where you could do a little bit more finesse and maybe it's just rebooting one app pool as opposed to a entire server that'll take everybody else down too. Getting down to the details uh, is very important on on these types of resolutions. And one thing I think going on improving process, one thing I think we could do uh, is maybe come up with a, more of a formalized checklist um, that you could you could go through during a production event and maybe having a production support or uh, a prod support champion, uh, like identify a person that's in charge of that production issue, that they are the ones that are contacting the other teams. They're the ones taking the notes or, you know, maybe not, not necessarily the person trying to identify the issue or trying to fix, but somebody that's um, the driver and trying to trying to drive for the resolution a couple of things you said there tr triggered a few thoughts in my mind <laughs> just about reality is sometimes right we're rebooting a server or we're doing whatever it takes to fix something in the in the heat of the moment right because we, we know that customers or teammates are, are impacted systems are down and they're, they're unable to do business and so is the re that's the reality is sometimes you have to do what you, you have to do one area of improvement and i'd say this is a success story um and we've we, you know we're, we're continuing to grow in this way is that we have learned what it takes to recover from certain types of failures and so you know looking at maybe some of the uh, rabbit mq issues we've had in the past with with systems with like transact consuming them when when rabbit mq goes down we learned what it took to recover and then we didn't just stop there right we did for a little while we're like okay well we know we've got to reboot this service and restart this app pool and then we're like well this is this is silly why don't we automate this and so i think especially in the past couple of years, we've been a lot better about starting to automate recovery for our systems. And I think that's really important to understand how we recover from systems and how, how we make it quicker. And so we've had, I'll just make a plug for kind of that run, run book concept. We've used 
uh, in this case, Octopus Deploy to build run books that can either be run on demand once an alert goes out and tells us uh, a system is unhealthy or even on schedule. So like we know we know that uh, RabbitMQ, you know, restarts during patches and so does all the transact stuff and it doesn't always come back perfectly. So we're like, hey, why don't we just have this run book run automatically and, you know, on Sundays and fix it for us so that we can have a pretty high confidence that when we come to validate after patches, life is going to be good. I think that's a a mentality we have to have moving forward too is we, we want to monitor, we want an alert, and we want to figure out how to quickly recover through through automation as well. Yeah. I also think one of the things that we've started to do, Sean, I've noticed a, a big shift over the last couple of years is building that fail, you know, that soft failing capability in things, right? To where, you know, something failing doesn't mean everything's got to go down. You know, it, it doesn't mean that it's completely unusable um, you know that, that a lot of that can be like data integration jobs right that that might fail it used to be something that we'd have to get up in the middle of the night for maybe now it, it kind of kicks out that bad data and continues processing and that data can get looked at in the morning you know i, I think we've really done a, a much better job of building things that way from the start rather than trying to fix that uh you know as kind of a retro to a prod issue yeah, yeah. I'm going to say one more thing here. This is, this is, this is something like, this is pretty cool too. This is a, a success story about our teams working together and it, it hasn't always happened in the past that, you know, we're, we're coming up with solutions together for, for these issues. And because, because it's blameless, everybody's thinking about ways that they can improve the process. So it's not like, Hey, this is it's just a code problem. Fix your code, you know, or it's just a server problem. Fix your server each time that we've had these issues, we've typically found ways to improve that resiliency on, you know, on multiple levels. So, hey, we add the run books to restart these things. Hey, we, we add the ability to retry when the queuing system goes down. And so there's been a really good partnership in when we, when we have these issues that we're, we're coming up with solutions that are more, more cohesive and we're not just throwing it over the fence and saying, you know, stop having a sucky server. Yeah, that rabbit MQ, that I think is a definite learn from failure success story of how well we work together. I mean, because besides, like you mentioned, being better about the monitoring, the alerting so we can react, and then how we created solutions so we would prevent it. And when we know we can't prevent it, how do we recover better? And our solutions that we did to tackle it came from different sides, from the application side, from the system side, from the maintenance side. We tackled it as a holistic team from different strengths. Yeah, and so now Rabbit MQ, we recover so much better when we do or we don't we have don't to recover. Have the because, issue anymore. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah, and that was a huge success story. I think when we added the retros, um, the team retros, because I, as an application developer, we didn't understand that there was even such a thing as a runbook and that we could schedule um, Windows services to be restarted on a certain day and or application pools to be restarted um, on command on demand and um, you know the the whole rabbit issue was you know if there was a problem with rabbit our services would have problems reconnecting to rabbit once they rabbit came back up so a simple reboot of the services themselves not necessarily the server uh, would just kind of kick it and, and let it 
reconnect. Well, now that we know that Rabbit has this issue and we during patching on the weekends, so every Sunday morning we just kick them anyway. You know, and we just decide to reboot the services and the apples and they all and and I don't think we've had a problem since we implemented that. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot more stable. <laughs> Knock, knock on wood, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> knock on particle boards. Like, this is when everything goes down. Yeah. I think so, too, though, that we've done a good job that we think this might solve it, and we do that. And if it doesn't solve it, we meet back up, and we figure out, and we continue on towards that. I, I think there's been a couple times where we've had a, you know, a retro, and we thought this would fix it. Well, we did that. Well, it's still not fixing it. Where do we need to go from here? That everybody always regroups, and, and we've we've improved our processes each time and whether or not it, it actually stopped or helped that original issue. I think every, every step we take forward, we enhance our processing time, we enhance our warnings and different things like that, that nothing we do in any of these retros or after it is, is wasted time. I agree. Anything else you guys want to point out? I think that hit the majors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap. That concludes our podcast episode on how we handle production issues across teams. I hope you enjoyed our listen. And do you guys want to say bye? Three, two, one, bye. <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for listening in.